welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. Our guest this week is someone who did something I think many people have thought of doing, but few of them have actually managed to follow through on it and actually do it. When her mother-in-law died and then she began to give signs of her survival of death, our guest today decided to learn a whole lot more about what actually happens after death, and, and then she wrote a book about it. My dear friends, one thing that I've not talked about much here, but our guest today has gotten me thinking about it, is the fact that all of us are living in the midst of death all the time as we live our lives, because we've got old people, we've got sick people in our lives, we've got friends who have old people and sick people in our lives. Death is happening all around us. And I yes, I'm using the death word. Normally I say transition. It's the same thing because nobody ever actually dies. It's just, it, it's it's all, but it's happening all around us. And we should be sharing casual, supportive discussions about it all the time. And and as as our guest does with those that she interacts with now, it, it should be just a natural thing for us. But it always feels so awkward. I should be doing it, frankly, much more than I actually do in my own life. And I've never really talked about my life outside the afterlife community to you, which I should be doing because every week you're part of my life. And... um For my whole adult life, I've been living a dual life, and I still do live that dual life even to this day. I'm a practicing attorney, a business attorney. I decided while I was still in law school that I'd never practice courtroom law. Boy, it just took took me one moot court appearance, and that was it. I said, "Uh uh-uh, I'll do anything else. I'll be, I'll empty trash cans. I'm never going to be a lawyer in a courtroom. So instead, for 50 years, I've been a counselor to the owners of closely held and mostly family businesses. I enjoy this work so much, and I love my clients so much that while I've reduced my workload now that I'm retirement age, I never intend to retire. But the fact that I I still work and I travel to see clients in Massachusetts, even though we now live in Texas, is kind of a commute, I have to say. That is, that's a big reason why years ago I stopped. I did try for a while to do afterlife speaking engagements, but I stopped doing it. I mean, something has to give when, you, when you're basically living a dual life. But reading this nifty book that is the topic of our conversation today called Your Soul Focus by a brand new, brand new afterlife expert named Annette Marinaccio, who is a certified public accountant and an accomplished healthcare executive, has made me realize how far things have come in the 14 years since I finally had to come out to my legal clients about the double life I had been leading for my entire legal career. I mean, I had been wearing my my three-piece suits effectively and going around and being a serious lawyer during all that time. And and um, they never knew. 
that I had been researching the afterlife. I had been been uh, really a I had been going to, to conferences. I had been doing all that stuff. They never knew. And finally, one day, I was about to publish the fun of dying, and I had to come out to all those people. I was sure I was going to get fired. I was sure there my my career was over. But I finally had to be true to who I was. But this was all fourteen years ago. This was woo woo. I mean, it was really woo woo. And what happened was that. About half of them loved the idea. I mean, they still love the idea. They've they've bought all my books. They they ask me questions. It's great. But the other half, well, they sort of cleared their throats. They said something like, "Well, <clears throat> okay, well, now back to this contract provision we were talking about." And they they never have wanted to know anything about it. But none of them fired me, so it was okay. It's important that all of us bring this information into our daily lives and we start to talk about it and think about it with those we work with. It's no longer woo-woo, everybody. This is real. This is part of our lives. So I especially want to talk about this book, Your Soul Focus, is a spiritual book. But as our guest today says, it's written in a simple and practical way. That's what it is. This is a book by an accountant. I'm an attorney. She she has just started as an afterlife expert, but she is a sincere afterlife expert. Her, she doesn't have my depth of knowledge yet, but she could get it because she she's touching all the bases already. And I think this is a book a great many people ought to read, but not only for your own edification, but because she already knows more about how to talk to people about this stuff than I do. Because my instinct, frankly, when I, when people say, you know, gee, their grandpa's dying or something is, yay for grandpa, I'm so excited for her. But that's not the right way to approach people as Annette Mary. Marinaccio will tell you not the right way to say it. And I've learned that because people don't like it when I say yay for grandpa. So without further ado, I'm just going to say welcome, Annette. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Roberta. It's, it's a real pleasure and an honor to be here and to be your guest. So thank you for that. <laughs> but but seriously, you got me thinking about this all in a much deeper way because um, I really haven't integrated the two parts of my life as I should have. And you really have. I mean, you're sort of looking, always looking for ways to get people talking about this stuff and thinking about this stuff. And 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 how can I help you with this? I think that's wonderful. Well, you know, once I really understood um, how the universe works to a larger degree, uh, thanks to my mother and my spirit guides and my deceased relatives on the other side, I almost took it on like a responsibility because I feel, I sincerely feel that the more of us who understand the afterlife and discuss it openly in a more mainstream manner, the better off we are, the better off the universe is. So I really took it on almost at like, a, to some extent, like a responsibility, but you're absolutely right. There's, um, there are two distinct aspects of what I would call my life also. Um, I'm a CPA and a healthcare executive, and I also love what I do. I love the content of my work. I love who I work with. 
Um, I just love everything about it. And so, and there are plenty of opportunities to be kind and spiritual in the workday, even if you're a, a business person like me, like an accountant. So, um, so I always operate in that sort of in that realm. Uh, but when my mother-in-law died, which was 2006, and she started showing me that she was still around, she's still, you know, very much alive. Um, I was shocked. And again, it's not not so much that I was skeptical, but I had not really thought about it too much. I was very busy um, living my life, my family, my you know community and my job. And um, I did not really think about what what are we here for <laughs> and what happens after we die? I, I just hadn't thought about that. So um, once my mother-in-law started you know, showing me from the other side that she was very much still part of my life. Um, that took me quite some time to digest. Uh, and, and I then spent four years researching, as you mentioned, all things metaphysical, all things afterlife. And once I, uh, got very involved in that, I could see that there is so much literature. There are so many people who, live their life totally in the metaphysical realm. Um, so unlike you and me, where we're in the business area of things, and we also have this afterlife interest, these people, you know, many people, they make their living on meta metaphysical topics. And so, yes. you know, once I really understood that there's an entire industry, an entire world that um, lives in this day to day, I almost felt a responsibility to sort of, uh, bring my two worlds together because I knew that, um, the people in my CPA healthcare executive world, they're all human beings like all of us. And it, it, in many cases, like you said, maybe 50%, I probably had a higher percentage, 50%, I would say maybe 70% of the time the information that I had learned distinctly benefited who I was speaking to. And then maybe 30% of the time, it would be that clearing of the throat, like, okay, let's get back to this problem. And that's fine. You know, everybody, you have to meet people where they are. And I would just um, back down. But I did know that um, because it, I don't think it's my place to convince somebody that there's an afterlife. It's that's up to them. But all I want to do is present what I know. And what you, what you find when you do that is there are many people that have so many people that have experiences of their own. So like when when I'm talking about, um, you know, at one point I'm speaking to a healthcare executive, this must have been about 2007, 2008, when I was start, first starting to really realize that we go on. And I mentioned it to this healthcare executive who I worked with, you know, for a decade, and he said, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anybody. When I went to visit, I'm sure I'm getting the, the people mixed up here, but when I went to visit my mother in the hospital, my wife and I parked the car and we saw the image of my deceased father pass in front of the car. And she and I both looked at each other and said, did you see that? <laughs> and we both saw it. And I'm like, wow, could you imagine this spirit on the other side making himself known to two people, two lay people at the same time. 
Um, I mean, that's it's amazing what they're doing on the other side. They're doing all kinds of calisthenics to get us to recognize that they're still here. Um, but the one thing that I really wanted to understand was if we go on, why are we here? What what is everyone doing here? What what, what is the purpose? And um, and so even though there are many threads of metaphysical knowledge that one can or paths that one can go down to learn, um, I, I decided that that was the path I wanted to understand. Why are we here? And um, and it took me about four years to get wrap my head around it, it as best I could. Um, and everything, because I'm an accountant, everything needed to make absolute sense. And because I'm an accountant, I had to take it very slowly and digest it one step at a time. And then um, after about four years, I sort of felt done. I felt like, you know, something, I understand what we're about. I can see when the universe needs me to activate, or I like to say when the universe is using me. Um, I it was just a different knowledge and I, you know, I was always kind before, so I still lived life in a kind way. And, um, and I sort of just left it like that. And as people needed something that I had learned, I mustered the courage because it does take courage when you're, you know, in the business world, I mustered the courage to, to tell them what I had learned in case it helped. Um, and in some cases it does, doesn't, but in most cases it does. And uh, after about four years of being placed in the path of people who really appreciated my knowledge um, and were thanking me for sort of life-changing information, I was like, you know, something I think I should, I think I have to put this in a book. I think I have to make a nice, simple, easy to read book so that anybody can walk through what I walked through and say, oh, I, I can see it from, I can see why she thinks there's an afterlife. And it's, and all that she's learned um, is in this book and it all pertains to me. So that, you know, I intentionally titled it your soul focus, not my soul focus, because yes. although, although the book walks through my experiences, um, I only included the amount of experiences I needed to get my point across to get to the parts that pertain to everyone, because I wanted everyone to walk away with just a different um, set of knowledge. And so that was my, my, you know, my objective. Uh, my mother-in-law started me on the path and um, my girlfriend, after I wrote the book said, you know, geez, your mother-in-law must have been such a strong uh, person. And I said, she was strong. I don't know that she was so much stronger than all the rest of us. And then my girlfriend said, well, I think it's you, the two of you must have had an unbelievably close um, relationship. And I said, I, you know, we, we absolutely did. I loved my mother-in-law. I know she loved me. Um, but I don't know that it was so much closer than everybody else's. And then she said to me, well, why did she pick you to come through um, to explain all this to? And I was like, I don't know. And then about an hour later, my girlfriend came over to me and she goes, I know why. And I said, why? And she said, because she knew you'd write the book. And I was like, that's true. It's exactly what you said, Roberta. And everybody has these experiences, but not everybody 
uh, other than maybe an accountant is going to sit and and digest and dissect and digest and dissect and research and research and analyze to the point that it makes sense and then put a sensible book out on it. So that's why I think um, I understand now my mother-in-law and I had a a soul pact and I was yeah. meant, meant to, you know. It, it, it's the fact that you are, are a, a for someone who 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 would do who'd write the book, but it's also the fact that because you are a professional, people believe it when they hear this just in in just in your personal life, and in the fact that when they read a book and they and it's from someone with your kind of profession, people believe this information because that happens in my life as well in my personal life when I say this this and when I'm back when I used to get because I used to. I used to go from Unity Church to Unity Church and give talks all the time. I must have given talks in 50 Unity Churches. For years, I was giving talks about mm-hmm. the afterlife, um, say from uh, 2010 to 2016 or 2017. I gave so many talks, but they'd take it from an attorney. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, oh, you did this research. Well, attorneys are researchers. Attorneys, mm-hmm. you know, take life seriously. They do serious things. And and so people would believe it. That's that, true. That's, that's why well, That's why they took it from you more seriously than they would take it from you if you had been a mom who happened to do this. That's true. I think, um, you know, it's interesting because my profession is sort of bound by, you know, certified public accounts are bound by a code of ethics. Right. And so, and so are lawyers. Right. right. And so that that um, just lends credibility to what I went through. It's like, you know, when you hear about it from somebody who is entrenched in a meta- the metaphysical world, who is very, I'll say, woo woo, um, you, you sort of take it with a grain of salt, like, well, it, it applies to them, but they have a different, you know, personality about it or whatever, but it wouldn't apply to me. But when an accountant or a lawyer says it, it sort of makes you pause and say, hmm, you know, they have their own livelihood. There's no reason for them to make this up. And so maybe it's really true. You know? I would even have people say it to me, you know, um, that that they they came, I, I came this evening because you're a lawyer. You would mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think you would be saying these things if if you really did not believe it was true. You're putting your reputation on the line, and you know, that was the kind of things people were saying these things to me all the time. Now I have to say to you, I also think that coming out with this kind of information in the year 2023 is very different from coming out with this kind of information in the year 2010. The, the the times are changing rapidly, and I love seeing that mm-hmm. the 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 um, the attitude of the world of of the United States especially, but even of the world at large toward this information is far different. It is not woo woo anymore. It really is much more mainstream. That's Don't true. You that way? Don't you see yeah. that? Absolutely. And, you know, I, to some extent, I do credit the, um, the media with that because there are a lot of, um, uh, television writers out there and producers who, who have allowed that this kind of topic to be, um, on television shows and then even on, um, 
in movies, you know, the heaven is real and things like that. And then you've got a lot of people putting out books and things like that. So I think even the mediums who, um, you know, some people may say do a disservice to other mediums because when the medium produces a show, uh, whether it's a YouTube show or a, a Netflix or, or a, a television show, there there's a lot left on the cutting room floor. So to make it like something very interesting, yes. you're, you're seeing hit after hit after hit, and you're not seeing the misses. And then when you go to a medium in real life, there may be you know, 15 or 20% of the time there are misses. And so um, right. some people may say that does a disservice to the mediums, but at the end of the day, it's publicizing to the general public um, a skill set that was not publicized 10 years ago. So it was not really t- talked about, let alone on, on you know, media outlets. So I think, yeah, I think the media, the advent of computers, the Internet has really um, accelerated that. And then you you add to it the kind of introspective pandemic we all went through with covid um, you know, that really rocks people to their core and sh- shakes their day-to-day routine and reality, it allowed for people to do soul searching. So um, I think you're absolutely right. It's a little bit uh, more mainstream now, certainly, than it was um, a decade ago. So all very, um, <laughs> I think all very hopeful, but what what I liked about your book was that I think you have a very good touch from the stories you told about the interactions you had with people. I think you have a very deft touch with people in in how you let them take the lead in in what they were ready to hear and in how they were ready to be helped. Um, as as opposed to me, I tend I think I tend to be kind of overwhelming with <laughs> to people. And in, in, in how I want to help them, um, um, I, I, I think you, I think you gave. I, this is what, what I, what I'm suggesting to people about this book, and and I, I really think this is a, a good book for people to read who are interested in in number one in being reassured yourselves, because I thought some of the stories in it were great. If if you're uneasy or unsure about the afterlife. I, I think that this this book is a good one for you to read. But your sole focus also is is a way to if if you if you might encounter people in your daily life to who that you would like to be able to help um, with their own, you know, if they have people who are dying or were very sick in their own life, this is a this is a great book to sort of give you a, a pattern for how you might be able to help people. Um, because Annette has a very good touch with that. Um, thank, thank you. Much more depth. I, I, I think that you're very, you're very adept at that. Give us an example. For example, tell some of those stories or a story or two about so, someone says, gee, you know, uh, my father is sick. So how, how did you handle that? So, I mean, you've touched on a lot of points. I think one of the reasons that I'm, um, uh, I've been able to convey things the way I have conveyed them is because uh, a little bit because of my profession, not, not the CPA part of it, but I've been in positions of leadership for quite some time. So I'm constantly, 
training and orienting and educating um, staff. And so I'm always trying to think of different ways to get a point across to someone so that they can appreciate what their job entails. Uh, and so I've just really applied that. My skill set at work is that I can take a very elusive topic and make it understandable. That's my skill set at work. Like oh, my, what I, right. What I do is I manage a physician compensation and contracting department. It's, it's so nuanced. It's full of regulations and it's so difficult to get your head around. And I've gotten my head around it and I am constantly conveying different aspects of it. And so I just did the same thing with the afterlife. I learned everything I could about it and then I simplified it so that people can, you know, appreciate it on a day-to-day basis. But, um, but you're right. The beginning part of the book is really about me understanding just that there is an afterlife. And, and that was a big thing for me because I didn't really think about it before that. So it took me quite some time to accept that. But after I accepted it, I did a lot of research and a lot of experimentation. And so one of the stories that's um, that everybody could just sort of, uh, you know, work with today, <laughs> just today, is that um, the other, the afterlife, the the souls that have left us are literally right, right outside our our, our parameter, what we can see. They're an energy level right outside of us. And the way that you can test it, which I didn't understand you could test it, is just ask, ask your loved one, meditate on it and ask for something specific. That's it. Just ask for something specific. So I'll give an example. Um, I And I played around when I was learning this initially, I played around with it a lot because I wanted to get that reassurance that they were still there. But um, now I know they're there. You know, I know they're really right there. So I, I use the snow globe analogy first so you can see how I visualize them. Um, the snow globe analogy is basically that you walk out on your um, porch on a snowy day. So uh, everything is covered in beautiful white snow, the mailbox, the trees, and no nobody's stepped foot on it yet. So as far as your eye can see, there's just beautiful untouched snow and you're standing out there and it's an absolute beautiful scene. And then if you picture at the very edge of what you can see, an acrylic dome is over all of you, so, you know, the, the entire landscape. So you're in a snow globe and your loved ones are really right on the other side of that snow globe. They see everything we do. They see, they see our day to day. So that snow globe analogy is a good way to think of how they're there. They are right there. Um, so what I, when I was initially understanding this, I was experimenting with asking my mother-in-law, my a- uncle, my, you know, all of them for specific signs. But I'll give you a very recent one that I asked just about, um, I think it was two weeks ago. Usually they will, if you ask for a specific sign and meditate on it, they will typically show it to you within about two weeks. I mean, it's actually like a science. And um, if they're not showing it to you, it's going to be one of pretty much two reasons. Number one, they really are showing it to you, but you didn't pick up that they're showing it to you because maybe you're thinking of it in a different way than they're showing it to you. Um, So in other words, maybe you're thinking of, uh, I'm making this up, you're thinking of a telephone and instead they're showing you the word telephone, you know? So it's either that or 
they've determined that it will interfere with your life's path. If you get too preoccupied with the other side, then you're not going to finish your purpose here. So if if they feel that you're getting too distracted with um, your soul's purpose here and your path, they're not going to give in to, to showing you these signs. But having said that, the majority of time, they're going to be able to show you the signs. So just a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was reminded of, you know, the, 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 um, fact that they can show me signs. So I decided my, both of my parents died two weeks apart a year ago, both of them, they were in home hospice, my sister and I caring for them. Very, very, very intense. Um, so now I'm at, we're at the one year mark. So I decided, okay, I'm going to have my mother, my father and my, um, mother-in-law each show me something. So two weeks ago, I asked for, my mother to show me a peacock, my father to show me a white swan, and my mother-in-law to show me a, a monarch butterfly. So those were my three signs. I meditated on them. Within a day, my father showed me the swan. He, I basically was watching a show, and there was um, a uh, an actor. It was an old uh, old show, and there was an actor on it, and he, he starts talking about a white swan. And so I'm like, oh, there's my white swan. It wasn't a swan. I didn't see the swan. I heard the actor saying what it was a white swan. So I knew that was my father. About three days after that, my um, cousin posts a picture of a it's sort of going around the Internet now, maybe a little baby peacock, a little blue baby peacock. And she said, isn't this thing the cutest? And it comes up on my scroll and I'm like, oh, that's my mom. And then about three or four days after that, um, I'm looking at, uh, I I signed up to be a, a vendor for my books at a psychic fair and they sent me their paperwork and the paperwork had a, a monarch butterfly on top of it. And so I was like, oh, that's my mother-in-law. <laughs> so you can, so the things that people can do right now is meditate on what, on the sign you want from your loved one. And you know something, you're going to get it. <laughs> so um, amazing. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. It's <laughs> wonderful. It? I had a woman who read my book um, in the, she was in the middle of the country and she said, I, I have to thank you, which was just so rewarding with the book. Like I've had so many people. Thank you. Love it. Oh, I love yeah. It. I love it. Accountants don't usually get that kind of praise. <laughs> like, Oh, you changed my life. So <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I do sometimes. Yeah. You know, like a doctor or a nurse, you're going to get that kind of feedback. Right. So, yeah, I love that. But at any rate, she said to me that her brother had died when she was younger, like in her teens. And uh, she has a a 10-year-old daughter now. And um, after reading my book, she told the 10-year-old daughter, let's, uh, and uh, the daughter had never met the the brother, um, let's ask Uncle Jack to give us something specific. What should we ask him for? And so um, the little girl, the 10-year-old said, Let, I'm go- I'd like to see Finn the cat, F-I-N-N. So her mother said, Finn the cat, who is that? <laughs> and um, she said, well, last summer, while grandma was babysitting me here, a cat came in the backyard and we and it let us pet it. And it had a little, they had the chain on and grandma read that it, his name was Finn. And so the woman who had read my book, the mother, said, um, okay, that's probably too specific for Uncle Jack, but what color was Finn? 
And um, the little girl said orange. And so she said, why don't we just ask Uncle Jack to send us an orange cat? And so they meditated on it. They prayed to Uncle Jack to send an orange cat. And then two days later, the mother is putting out the garbage and she hears a little meow behind the garbage. And She moves the garbage out and she sees this orange cat. She's so excited. She runs inside, gets her 10-year-old daughter. The daughter comes out. They coax the cat out from behind the garbage can and they see actually that it's Finn the cat. It's got the chain on it. So it wasn't even just an orange cat. It was Finn the cat. So, yeah, that's a, just a great story, yeah. but just shows. And she was this, this woman was so impressed that her, that she was able to like read my book and then have her deceased brother come through for her daughter. I mean, she's never even, you know, so um, yeah. So that's something that's really cool that if people want, you know, reassurance, um, it's sort of an easy thing to do. Um, yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> yeah, yes, it's really great. And, and people it, don't and, understand how many times um, uh, that our loved ones will will give us signs. But it's even better if you give them a focus on the kind of sign to give. Yes, because otherwise they're they're just trying to give us you know pennies, dimes, whatever they can that they they hope you'll notice. But they don't know what they don't know what you're looking for. Right. So this is a great idea. Tell them what you're looking for. It's even better. (laughs) Right. And then, um, and then again, like I'd say, although they will show you most of the time, I I like to say the out because some people, I don't want people to say, oh, I didn't get it. So maybe my, my loved one doesn't love me. It's not that. Um, Your loved one is, it loves you and is absolutely right there, like not far right there. Um, But at the end of the day, if, they're um if they feel it's going to interfere with your path or your journey souls are very very polite they're not going to um they're not going to give you something that's going to interfere with your purpose and so my analogy with that is uh because everybody can relate to this is um we've all seen children melt down so making this story up but let's say your son is three years old or you see a child who's three years old and he's uh, desperately begging for a candy bar for breakfast and he's crying and screaming and and you're like I'm not going to give in and give him a candy bar for breakfast and and basically he's melting down and you as his parent or his guardian uh, or look or even just a bystander uh, would look at this child melting down over the candy bar and you would think to yourself you know, I feel badly, right? You have empathy. I feel badly that they're this upset about it, but you, you have a different perception. You, you know, as an adult, the candy bar means nothing. It means nothing. He might have a candy bar after lunch. He probably have a thousand candy bars his whole life. He's going to grow up. He's going to fall in love. He's going to fall out of love. He may have kids one day. He's going to get a job. <laughs> hopefully the candy bar means nothing. Right. Right. And right. the other side, is looking at us in the same way. Right, exactly. Desper- desperately wanting signs from them or wanting right. to go back to the right, way we right. were with them. They they have a different perception. And their perception is, I, I feel badly that you miss me this much, but it really is not that big a deal. Right. Perfectly it's, said. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've been able to do. I've sort of have all these little analogies that help people understand what I've learned. 
so that the, the hope is so that people feel better and live a more fulfilled life here, understanding that they're really never alone. You know, you feel like you're alone, but you're really never alone. They're, they're there trying to help us any way they can. One of the things I found so impressive about your book was how much you had learned in such a short time. I mean, I've spent 50 plus years doing this research and you just zapped right through it and put it all together and drew all the right conclusions. So you uh, you did a good job. You really Thank did. You. Thank you so much. In that four years, I was, um, you know, I dare say obsessed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> right, you were. <laughs> but all my discretionary time, all of it was spent on the afterlife. I mean, I just yeah. was, I don't understand how could my mother-in-law still be here? And if she's still here, like what the heck is going on? So I read, I I, I can't even believe I wrote a book because I don't even like to read books that much. I'm a numbers person, you know, so I'm not like words yeah. and things like that. I'm not, I love Excel spreadsheets and, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't like to even read that much except for like articles. But during that four years, I read everything I could get my hands on articles, books. I talked to hundreds of people because once you start talking to people and this one has a story and that one has a story and this one, you're like, hey, wait a minute, you guys all know this already? <laughs> like you all know yeah, that yeah. you're getting signs, <laughs> like it's common knowledge. And um, it is and a whole class of people. It's common knowledge, but you, you put, the thing is, it's a whole new world. So you put it together correctly. That's hard to do. You really, you really did a good job of research, I have to say. Thank you. It's a very, very good, big gift. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It was interesting because I knew what I had would, um, would help people. And of course, what I put in the book was just a fraction of what I went through because, you know, you don't need it all. You, I just needed to put in the book what needed to be in there to get the points across. But um, I... I was daunt the, the the possibility of writing a book was daunting to me because I'm not a writer and I'm not I don't even like reading that much. So um but what what's interesting is in January of 2020 having nothing to do with covid um I I had been haunted for the last 2 or 3 years thinking I've got to get this into some digestible format. It just is, would be so helpful to people. So I just knew that I wanted to do it but hadn't gotten around to it and then January of 2020 um, the way the algorithms work, I'm like sitting on my couch and an interview comes up with Justin Bieber of all people, like this nice young singer kind of person. And I'm like, if I'm being kind to myself, a middle-aged woman and, but he comes up on my feed and, um, you know, and he basically says that he's turned his life around. He was so young, even at the time, but he said he turned his life around when he started realizing that his focus should be on on helping others and caring for others and other people and not himself. And that resonated with me because I knew that if I could get this book out, it would help people. And so I was just like, I have to think of the good it will do and not focus on the hassle it is to, for me to write it, you know? So that's what I focused on. And after I finally was done, you know, was, was done with it and got it out there. Like maybe, I don't know, three weeks after I put it out there, the power of social media, um, a woman from Seattle, Washington, or the other side of the country, I'm in New York, emailed me and she said, I just want to thank you for your book. My 
um, son died uh, three years ago. He was 23 years old and I've been struggling with it. And the, and the, I've never thought of his death in the way that you portrayed death. And so I want to thank you because you've helped me a lot. And I was like, Oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I helped somebody. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Each time you get one of those emails you say, now I know why I was born. Yeah. That's the beauty. <laughs> people people who write those emails don't understand that each time you receive that each time you receive one of those emails, now you know why you were born. Now you know why you wrote the book. Now you know why. I have that I've had that feeling every single day. Now I know why. Right. That's the gift that people give us. Yes. Right back again. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Oh, Annette, this has been so much fun. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah. We've come <laughs> to the end of our time. I wish we could do this. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again um, because sure. I would like sure. to get Anytime. more exposure for your book. Thank you. Your Soul Focus is a very good book. If you are unsure about whether you survived death, you definitely should read this book because it's it's a short course. And yes, of course you do. But mm -hmm. also, I think it's a it's a if you are if you are working with or a part of a situation where you're likely to be in a position to counsel people, I think this is a very good short course on how to do that right. Because I certainly haven't known how to do it right, and she's she educated me about that as well. Um, oh, thank you, Annette Marinaccio. She's she's a very she's very good at these things. I have to say, thank, thank you so much, Annette, for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Roberta. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. And we'll have her back again, I must say, everybody. So unfortunately, however, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be here with us. And please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you understand that, when you really get it, it changes everything in your life for the better. And next week, our guest will be our wonderful friend, Peter Wright. He's going to be with us for the 16th time. We, he's just like a habit here. Peter is a favorite because he talks about some things that uh, many of us hate to think about. I certainly do. And he makes them not scary. And next week, we're going to be talking about something that I really don't like to talk about. He's going to talk about possession by negative entities. He tells me that, that unfortunately, this is becoming more and more common, but he has methods for removing them that are easy. And he's going to talk about those, and he's going to give us some examples and tell us some stories. And as you know, whenever Peter is here, he makes all these scary things easy and fun, and he's going to tell us happy stories, and you aren't going to want to miss this. I certainly don't want to miss it. Please join us. And this week, our guest has been Annette Marinaccio. She is a healthcare executive and a CPA, and she's obviously another person who makes these things not scary. When her mother-in-law transitioned and began to communicate with the family, and especially with Annette, um, Annette had to find out what was going on, and she didn't believe in, the, in anything with regard to to, to the afterlife. She, she was a, a numbers, as she says, she was a numbers person. But she did the research, and I don't believe she became such an expert in just four years, but she did. She wrote a book called Your Soul Focus, 
Um, when I talk about Craig Hogan and me, that I tell people the difference is Craig knows everything I know, but he does it with footnotes. Well, she doesn't. She like me does not use footnotes. She wrote a very simple, straightforward book. You you can read it. Um, I I read it basically in a long morning, and yet I got it all. And I, she says it's a spiritual book that's written in a practical way. Amen to that. It's a very useful book. And if, if you need if you need to know these things, you got them right here. But I think it's even more important if you're like to encounter likely rather to encounter people in your life that that need this information and you're you are feel you're in a position to help them. I think this is a book for people who are helpers because she'll teach you how to help people in a graceful way, which I've never been able to do. That's one thing that's a shortcoming for me. But Annette, frankly, is helping me to learn how to do that. Um, <laughs> she treats, sort of treats death the way she treats taxes, probably. It has to happen, and she holds people's hands through it and focuses on the happier lives for both you and your mom that are beyond the other side of it. It's a quick read. It's an easy read. It's a positive read. It's a just the facts, but they're positive kind of facts. I think it's a wonderful book, to, to tell you the truth, and I really recommend it to everybody. And now, of course, it's time once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality really is eternal. Learn the ultimate truth from Craig Hogan himself. He is the ultimate expert on all things afterlife. And teachingsbyjesus.com is your single resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever lived, Master Jesus, the eternally risen Christ. Now it really is Jesus's turn. It's about time, finally. Christianity, the religion is dying so the genuine teachings of Jesus can finally come alive. Teachingsbyjesus.com is the Lord's own entirely religion-free website made by him, for him, in perfect love for you. And also, as I'm sure you know by now, my own books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. And for young children, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus. All these books are available wherever books are sold, also on Amazon.com or on BarnesandNoble.com. And the adult books, except for, of course, the last one, are available as audiobooks. If you want to talk to me about anything, anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on RobertaGrimes.com, and I answer every email if you're sure to give me your correct email address, because otherwise my emails bounce, and that makes me sad. You don't want me to be sad, do you? So... Be sure you give me your right address. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in the whole universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.